I'm Alicia Michalisic Kurtz, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where doctors and other healthcare professionals share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. On today's episode, we'll hear a story from Hannah Knox, an internal medicine resident who shared her story at a live Real Talk session at St. Agnes Medical Center in Fresno, California. It's November, and we are just one week away from Thanksgiving, a day where we stop and remember all that we have in life to be thankful for, which it turns out is a lot. So we asked some of our friends, most of them from my home hospital, Mercy San Juan in Sacramento, California, what are you thankful for this holiday season? Some of them took a more humorous approach in their answers. I'm Dr. Beckerman, and today I'm really thankful that today is my first day off after seven shifts in eight days, and thankful that I'm going to get out of town this weekend. Hi, I'm Renee Madrid. I'm the practice administrator for Mercy San Juan, and I'm thankful for my grandkids, especially for Betty Ann and her pink cowboy boots that she cannot live without. She wears every day. Hi, I'm Dr. Zubin Demania. Some people know me as Z-Dog MD or whatever, as a professional clown online. Anyways, this Thanksgiving, I'm most thankful for my white fabric interior Toyota Camry hybrid. Uh, this car gets great mileage. It gets me from A to B safely. It makes me look much, much, much richer than I am. And I'm so grateful to John Toyota who invented it or whoever his name is. All right. Thanks, fam. My name is Dr. Denise Brown, and I am very thankful for the Brown Boys. Two of them are teenagers. Sometimes I'm slightly less thankful for them. One is a bald husband. Love him to pieces. But the Brown Boy I think I'm most thankful for this year is my white dog, who's named Otis. Because Otis loves me, no matter what. And he's got a soft little underbelly that has spots. And I am thankful for my boy Otis. Others surprised us with their beautiful and inspirational on-the-spot reflections. Hi, everybody. My name is Patty Sobe. I'm a care coordinator at Mercy San Juan. I'm really thankful for the team that I work with, friends and family, and I'm looking forward to wonderful things that are going to be happening for our environment and our state especially Sacramento with our homeless. So I'm, I'm hoping that people can gather together, go out and vote and get things together so we can make it better for everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Lisa. I'm an RN case manager at Mercy San Juan Emergency Room. What I'm thankful for is my family, my mom, brothers and sisters, wonderful husband, a daughter that I'm very proud of, and being a member of this wonderful team, Dignity Health. Uh, I'm the eldest of nine kids uh, in the Philippines with my father as the sole breadwinner. And we did not have a lot. We just had enough to get by, but we are doing great. And I'm very thankful for that and for the love we share for each other that's genuine. And thank you very much. But in general, most people, without prompting, were grateful for the same main thing. My name is Andrew Onaka. I'm a PA, and I am grateful for the specialty care charge nurses who keep the department flowing and keep everything from blowing up. 
My name is Julius. I'm a scribe in the emergency department, and I am thankful for uh, my family, my friends, and all of my coworkers and the amazing doctors that I get to work with. This is Nathan Sylvester. I'm a doc here at Mercy San Juan. This Thanksgiving, I'm really thankful for family. I am happy that I have an 11 month old at home. Her name is Taylor. Uh, it's been a huge change in our lives this year, but I'm also thankful for our amazing team here at Mercy San Juan, the nursing, the staff. I couldn't be happier this year. Hi, my name is Diljot and I am an emergency department scribe. I am thankful for my family and my friends and the opportunities available to me at work, such as today when we did a suture lab uh, that are gonna help me in my future career. Hey, my name is Sean, I'm one of the scribes. And this holiday season, I'm extremely grateful for a loving family and fantastic coworkers who are always there to support me. Hi, I'm Nikki Braxley. I'm an emergency medicine physician. And this year, I am thankful for my three-year-old and five-year-old and the fact that they still truly and honestly believe in Santa Claus and all of the marvel that comes with it. And what a fun thing to anticipate this holiday season. Hi, I'm Dr. Ferguson, and I'm thankful for sayings such as para todo mal, mezcal, para todo bien, también, which translates to for all the bad times, mezcal, for all the good times as well. And that's to say that I'm thankful for the time that we get to spend with friends and sharing drinks together. Did you notice the trend? It turns out for most of us, it's the people in our lives that make us feel most grateful. Our families, our friends, and for us in healthcare especially, those we work alongside in the trenches, who are there for us when the department blows up or things get really stressful. Those who make us laugh and support us through what are some crazy busy days. Those who fight to make our work environment better in a healthcare system that makes it particularly challenging to be at work sometimes. People are tribal by nature, and true joy and contentment in life comes from feeling like a meaningful part of a supportive community, knowing you matter to somebody else, and that they care about you, and will be there for you if you need them, that you have a place to go where you will be welcomed with non-judgmental open arms. Working in healthcare, we see evidence of this in our patients. Some of them come in with family or friends, keeping them company in the ER or taking notes in the clinic, helping to tell that patient's story for us and advocating for their loved one when they feel maybe we're not listening well enough. But the sad reality is not all of our patients have this. Plenty of patients come in alone without a tribe to carry them through their experience. Some come with an existing mistrust of doctors and the medical system, a system that they feel has wronged them or made them feel outcast in the past. And they're right. Historically speaking, the House of Medicine has not always been a welcoming or approachable place to certain groups. People of color, mental health or homeless patients, immigrants and non-English speakers, or to those with substance use disorders, to the LGBT community. There are plenty of horror stories and data to support the fact that we have wronged our fellow humans in the past, but we can change that. 
we can work together to build a new house of medicine, one with reliably open doors and no judgment, a place where all people can confidently seek support and refuge and help and can find acceptance and understanding and love. We can approach our patient encounters as opportunities to connect with the human in front of us, to be their tribe, even if we haven't been great at it in the past. This is Hannah's story. My story starts off when I was very young. I was born to two physician parents. My father was a neurologist and my mother was a pathologist. And so medicine been kind of in my blood. You know, I grew up around it. I see my dad goes off to work every day. My mom drives and and they come back and they talk about their story. So I was kind of destined for medicine. Um, so when I get to undergrad and as I'm growing up to get to this spot, I really kind of feel kind of weird. I'm not correct. I'm not, I'm, it's, it's a strange feeling. It's just, it's like I can't find the, what it is. And so I get to undergrad, and, and of course, like every other undergrad in college, I get to experiment. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I start experimenting, and, and at first it's, it's light. You know, oh, there's a drag ball going on. Let's go. I want to do this. Then Halloween comes around. Oh, yes, my favorite holiday. It's coming up. Uh, and so I get to the point where I'm basically cross-dressing at home and, and, and as stealthily as I can be at, you know, at the undergrad in my junior year. And I'm thinking, and I go, maybe I need to do some more research because I'm not fully right. And so I get online like every millennial in my, you know, everyone does. And I type in my feelings I'm having, how I feel, what I want, and I, you know, do some research, transgender. Okay, now we have somewhere to start. How do I go about fixing it? Because I grew up in medicine, and that's what we do. We fix things. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, and so I get to um, various websites, and it's horror story after horror story. People with providers who are not caring. People with providers who don't know how to do it. People with providers who... Don't respect their patients. And I think, oh my God, I'm screwed. <laughs> okay. Well, this is kind of what I have to live with. And I'm here at UC Davis and I'm trying to get around. And so I go, okay. Um, I try the LGBT center first and they kind of send me some resources. But, you know, I'm still kind of nervous about it because I haven't really come out in public yet. I'm just kind of trying to hide myself away. And eventually, I realize I have to go see a physician. There's no way I can go about it. And luckily, one of the physicians I was able to see was the head of UC Davis Student Health Center. And so I go see her. And, and of course, my first day, you know, I'm nervous. I've read all these horror stories. I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. Just go in, get out, do what you need to do, get what you need to do, and, and just try to be as quick as you can. And so sitting there, I get my name called, you know, they go through the standard nursing stuff, you know, the blood pressure, you know, height, weight, and all that sort of jazz. And I get into the room, and, and then they close the door, and I think, this is it. This is it. Doors closed. There's no turning back. I can't run out. I can't just walk out like, you know, all these other, you know, patients. I got to do this. And so the uh, physician comes in. Her name was Dr. Famula. And... 
She sits down and she says, Anna, have a seat. I want to talk first. You know, I've been at UC Davis for a while, and as I was going up the ranks, you know, as primary care physician to women's health and doing that sort of thing, I realized that there was something missing from the UC Davis Student Health Center. And she told me that she realized there was a whole population of people that were not being cared for. Uh, and this population was a transgender population. And so, and, and she told me that she realized this and she decided to work on fixing it. She took some classes to figure out how to do hormone therapy. And then she was able to you know, sort of build a program around this. And she was head of it. And she so told me, you know, you know, we, I, we talked. You know, I said, you know, I haven't taken any hormones, either illicitly or, you know, through unreparable sites and, or from physicians. And so she said, that is amazing. Hannah, did you know that this is the first time I'm going to be assisting someone in starting their transition? Most of the time, transgender people come to me having already started, and I am so excited that I get to start with you. And in that moment, it's just relief. I can feel just calmness overtake me. And I've done my research. It wasn't supposed to be like that. I was supposed to get, you know, blah, 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 walk out, you know, I don't do this sort of thing. But no, this person sat down and she talked with me. I mean, we were there for an hour. You know, this is not normal practice. <laughs> These people come, they go, and they leave, and then they write a quick note, and they get paid. <laughs> uh, but this person sat down. And, and up to this point, I was wondering, you know, hey, I'm going to be in medicine, but what do I do? And it was at, at that point, I realized I wanted to do transgender medicine. And so... And we look back, you know, medicine's in my blood, but what I really wanted to do was influenced by someone who was a physician who took time to really talk to me, to realize that there was a need to help me and assist me through transitioning. And that's my story. We all know those people in our hospitals that we are most grateful for the doctors and nurses and phlebotomists and environmental service workers that make it a more welcoming and positive environment for everyone around them, that treat every person like family, and that honestly make our work environment so much better for us. If we could all be like those people, we could make the experience people have in healthcare totally different for everyone in our community and it doesn't take a lot. A few intentional actions and word choices. A genuine feeling of gratitude for our chance to help that person in front of us. Our willingness and desire to open our doors to them and be their tribe when they were expecting us to shut them out. Imagine what it would be like if every person working in healthcare treated each other and every patient as if they were family. Nobody would recognize the hospital anymore. It would be awesome. So what are you doing, or could you do, to make your workplace more welcoming to everyone around you? Whether it's your family, 
friends, Santa Claus, a, a white hybrid Toyota Camry, or your favorite mezcal bar, what are you thankful for? Here at Real Talk, our thanks goes out to Hannah Knox for sharing her story with us, to the team at Vituity for their support of this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Head to www.vituity.com forward slash Real Talk for more information. Or email us at realtalk at v-i-t-u-i-t-y dot com.